This is an audio version of Understanding Intermediate Layers Using Linear Classifier Probes by Guillaume Alain and Joshua Bengio, published on the 22nd of November 2018. It's included as part of the core curriculum for the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. Abstract. Neural network models have a reputation for being black boxes. We propose to monitor the features at every level of a model and measure how suitable they are for classification. We use linear classifiers, which we refer to as probes, in quotes, trained entirely independently of the model itself. This helps us better understand the roles and dynamics of the intermediate layers. We demonstrate how this can be used to develop a better intuition about models and diagnose potential problems. We apply this technique to the popular models Inception V3 and ResNet 50. Among other things, we observe experimentally that the linear separability of features increase monotonically along the depth of the model. Audio note, this recording includes section 1 and section 3 only. This is the excerpt that's studied in the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. The recent history of deep neural networks features an impressive number of new methods and technological improvements to allow the training of deeper and more powerful networks. Deep neural networks still carry some of their original reputation of being black boxes, but many efforts have been made to understand better what they do, what is the role of each layer, how we can interpret them, and how we can fool them and there are several references here for each of those points. In this paper, we take the features of each layer separately, and we fit a linear classifier to predict the original classes. We refer to these linear classifiers as probes, and we make sure that we never influence the model itself by taking measurements with probes. We suggest that the reader think of these probes as thermometers used to measure the temperature simultaneously at many different locations. More broadly speaking... The core of the idea is that there are interesting quantities that we can report based on the features of many independent layers if we allow the measuring instruments, in quotes, to have their own trainable parameters, provided that they do not influence the model itself. In the context of this paper, we are working with convolutional neural networks on image classification tasks on the MNIST and ImageNet datasets, reference to Rusakovsky et al. 2015. Naturally, We fit linear classifier probes to predict those classes. But in general, it is possible to monitor the performance of the features on any other objective. Our contributions in this paper are twofold. Firstly, we introduce these probes as a general tool to understand deep neural networks. We show how they can be used to characterize different layers, to debug bad models, or to get a sense of how the training is progressing in a well-behaved model. While our proposed idea shares some commonalities with Montavon et al. 2011, our analysis is very different. Secondly, we observe that the measurements of the probes are surprisingly monotonic, which means that the degree of linear separability of the features of layers increases as we reach the deeper layers. The level of regularity with which this happens is surprising, given that this is not technically part of the training objective. This helps to understand the dynamics of deep neural networks. Skipping Section 2, Related Work... Section 3, Monitoring with Probes. Section 3.1, Information Theory and Monotonic Improvements to Linear Separability. The initial motivation for linear classifier probes was related to a reflection about the nature of information, in the entropy sense of the word, passing from one layer to the next. New information is never added as we propagate forward in a model. If we consider the typical image classification problem, the representation of the data is transformed over the course of many layers, to be finally used by a linear classifier in the last layer. In the case of a binary classifier, 
say, detecting the presence or absence of a lion in a picture of the savannah like in Figure 1, which will be described shortly, we could say that there was at most one bit of information to be uncovered in the original image, lion or no lion. This is illustrated in a formal way by the data processing inequality. It states that for a set of three random variables satisfying the dependency x depends on y depends on z, then we have that i of x semicolon z is less than or equal to i of x semicolon y, where i of x comma y is the mutual information. And here's figure one. The hex dump represented at the left has more information contents than the image at the right. Only one of them can be processed by the human brain in time to save their lives. Computational convenience matters, not just entropy. And here are two images. One is a grid of hex figures, 3, 2, 3D, 4B, 7, 0, etc. for a long time. And the second is a picture of a lion coming straight towards you. The text goes on. The task of a deep neural network classifier is to come up with a representation for the final layer that can be easily fed to a linear classifier. That is, the most elementary form of useful classifier. The cross-entropy loss applies a lot of pressure directly on the last layer to make it linearly separable. Any degree of linear separability in the intermediate layers happens only as a byproduct. On one hand, we have that every layer has less information than its parent layer. On the other hand, we observe experimentally in section 3.5, 4.1 and 4.2 that features from deeper layers work better with linear classifiers to predict the target labels. At first glance, this might seem like a contradiction. One of the important lessons is that neural networks are really about distilling computationally useful representations, and they're not about information contents as described by the field of information theory. Section 3.2. Linear classifier probes. Consider the common scenario in deep learning in which we're trying to classify the input data X to produce an output distribution over D classes. The last layer of the model is a densely connected map to D values, followed by a softmax, and we train by minimizing cross-entropy. At every layer, we can take features H subscript K, or HK, from that layer and try to predict the correct labels Y using a linear classifier parameterized as... Audio note, this parameterization is described using some fairly complex mathematical notation. It's probably too complex to understand in audio format, but it contains terms for the features of a certain layer, the features of a hidden layer, which are a subset of the features of that layer, the space of the categorical distributions of the D target classes, and the probe weights and biases to be learned so as to minimize the usual cross-entropy loss. Let loss train K be the empirical loss of that linear classifier FK evaluated over the training set. We can also define loss valid K and loss test K by exporting the same linear classifier on the validation and test sets. Without making any assumptions about the model itself being trained, we can nevertheless assume that these F subscript K are themselves optimized so that at any given time, they reflect the currently optimal thing that can be done with the features present. We refer to those linear classifiers as probes, in quote, in an effort to clarify our thinking about the model. These probes do not affect the model training. They only measure the level of linear separability of features at a given layer. Blocking the backpropagation from the probes to the model itself can be achieved by using tf.stop underscore gradient in TensorFlow, or its Theano equivalent, or by managing the probe parameters separately from the model parameters. Note that we can avoid the issue of local minima because training a linear classifier using softmax cross-entropy is a convex problem.
In this paper, we study how loss subscript K decreases as K increases, see section 3.1, and the usefulness of loss subscript K as a diagnostic tool, see section 5.1. Section 3.3. Practical concern. Loss train K versus loss valid K. The reason why we care about optimality of the probes in section 3.2 is because it abstracts away the problem of optimising them. When a general function g of x has a unique global minimum, we can talk about that minimum without ambiguity, even though, in practice, we are probably going to use only a convenient approximation of the minimum. This is acceptable in a context where we are seeking better intuition about deep learning models by using linear classifier probes. If a researcher judges that the measurements are useful to further their understanding of their model and act on that intuition, then they should not worry too much about how close they are to optimality. This applies also to the question of whether we should prioritise L-train-K or L-valid-K. We would argue that L-valid-K seems like a more meaningful quantity to monitor, but depending on our experimental setup, it might not be easy to track L-valid-K in all circumstances. Moreover, for the purposes of many of the experiments in this paper, we chose to report the classification error instead of the cross-entropy since this is ultimately often the quantity that matters the most. Reporting the top 5 classification error could also have been possible. Section 3.4. Practical concern. Dimension reduction on features. Another practical problem can arise when certain layers of a neural network have an exceedingly large quantity of features. The first few layers of Inception V3, for example, have a few million features when we multiply height, width and channels. This leads to parameters for a single probe taking upwards of a few gigabytes of storage, which is disproportionately large when we consider that the entire set of the model parameters takes less space than that. In those cases, we have three possible suggestions for trimming down the space of features on which we fit the probes. First, use only a random subset of the features, but always the same ones. This is used on the Inception V3 model in section 4.2. Second, project the features to a lower-dimensional space. Learn this mapping. This is probably a worse idea than it sounds because the projection matrix itself can take a lot of storage, even more than the probe parameters. When dealing with features in the form of images, height, width, channels, we can perform 2D pooling along the height and width of each channel. This reduces the number of features to the number of channels. This is used on the ResNet50 model in section 4.1. In practice, when using linear classifier probes on any serious model, that is not MNIST, we have to choose a way to reduce the number of features used. Note that we also want to avoid a situation where our probes are simply overfitting on the features because there are too many features. It was recently demonstrated that very large models can fit random labels on ImageNet by Zhang et al. 2016. This is a situation that we want to avoid because the probe measurements would be entirely meaningless in that situation. Dimensionality reduction helps with this concern. Section 3.5. Basic example on MNIST. In this section, we run the MNIST convolutional model provided by the TensorFlow slash models GitHub repository, found at image slash MNIST slash convolutional.py. We selected that model for reproducibility and to demonstrate how to easily peek into popular models by using probes. We start by sketching the model in figure 2, which will be described shortly. We report the results at the beginning and the end of training on figure 3. One of the interesting dynamics to be observed there is how useful the first layers are. 
despite the fact that the model is completely untrained. Random projections can be useful to classify data, and this has been studied by others. There's a reference to Jarrett et al. 2009. So here's figure two. It's captioned, This graphical model represents the neural network that we're going to use for MNIST. The model could be written in a more compact form, but we represent it this way to expose all the locations where we're going to insert probes. The model itself is simply two convolutional layers followed by two fully connected layers, one being the final classifier. However, we insert probes on each side of each convolution, activation function and pooling function. This is a bit overzealous, but the small size of the model makes this relatively easy to do. So this diagram shows a flow of different layers, with input images coming in one end and output logits coming out the other. There's a convolution layer, a second convolution layer, a fully connected layer, and a second fully connected layer, in that order from input images to output logits. And each of the functions in each of those layers is represented by a circle, with arrows that flow between them from left to right. The arrows themselves are labelled. So in order from left to right, they're con 5x5, 32 filters, then ReLU, then max pool. 2x2, that ends the first convolution layer, then conv 5x5, 64 filters, ReLU, and MaxPool 2x2, which ends the second convolution layer, MatMol and ReLU ends the first fully connected layer, and then MatMol is the last fully connected layer, which leads to the output logits. And here's figure 3. We represent here the test prediction error for each probe, at the beginning and at the end of training. This measurement was obtained through early stopping, based on a validation set of 10,000 elements. The probes are prevented from overfitting the training data. We can see that, at the beginning of training, on the left, the randomly initialized layers were still providing useful transformations. The test prediction error goes from 8% to 2%, simply using those random features. The biggest impact comes from the first ReLU. At the end of training, on the right, the test prediction error is improving at every layer, with the exception of a minor kink on FC1 underscore preact. So the first graph is labeled after initialization, no training. And along the x-axis, we have input on the left and logits on the right, and between them are different labels like conv1 underscore preact, conv2 underscore preact, conv2 post pool, representing different layers between the input and the output. And then the y-axis measures the test prediction error, which starts at 0.08 and immediately drops down to 0.02 after the first layer. And it's at the second last layer, fc1 underscore post act, that the test prediction error shoots up, reaching 0.1. The second graph has the same axes and is labelled after training for 10 epochs. So it starts at the same point, 0.08, and immediately drops down to 0.02 by the second layer. And as noted in the caption, the prediction error continues to decrease as we proceed along the x-axis. Section 3.6. Other objectives. Note that it would be entirely possible to use linear classifier probes on a different set of labels. For the same reason as it is possible to transfer many layers from one vision task to another, for example with different classes, we are not limited to fitting probes using the same domain. Inserting probes at many different layers of the model is essentially a way to ask the following question. Is there any information about factor blank present in this part of the model? 7. Conclusion In this paper, we introduce the concept of the linear classifier probe as a conceptual tool to better understand the dynamics inside a neural network and the role played by the individual intermediate layers. We have observed experimentally that an interesting property holds. The level of linear separability increases monotonically as we go to deeper layers. This is purely an indirect consequence of enforcing this constraint on the last layer. We have demonstrated how these probes can be used to identify certain problematic behaviours in models that might not be apparent when we traditionally have access only to the prediction loss and error. 
we are now able to ask new questions and explore new areas. We hope that the notions presented in this paper can contribute to the understanding of deep neural networks and guide the intuition of researchers that design them. Audio note, this is an excerpt of this paper included as part of the core readings for the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. You can check out the rest of this paper at the link provided in the description. This was an audio version of Understanding Intermediate Layers Using Linear Classifier Probes by Guillaume Alain and Joshua Bengio, published on the 22nd of November 2018. This excerpt is included in the core readings for the AGI Safety Fundamentals course. This reading was by Perrin Walker and produced by Type 3 Audio.